Okay, Tov. Today's daf is daf Samech Vov in Yevamos. We learned for four shlem for Yosef Israel Ben Chaim Michal and Olas Ben Ruba. Let's understand first something about as a preamble to the Mishnah about Nechsei Tzom Barzon Nechsei Malug. When a woman comes into a marriage, um, she may have many assets from her parents. She may be poor and have nothing. But if she has assets, sometimes they write those assets into the ksuba. So the ksuba, of course, is the marriage document. Like call it a prenuptial that the husband um, obligates himself to pay a certain amount of money if he dies and she becomes a widow or if he divorces her. Now, besides that minimal amount of money, you can add more money to it. Sometimes they also write down assets that she's bringing into the family that he guarantees. That's called nichseit son barzal. Son barzal, like iron, iron sheep, meaning they're strong because she writes in, let's say, I'm bringing in these assets into the family, slaves, animals, factories, whatever it is, and they're worth $100,000, he guarantees the $100,000. He guarantees it. And because he guarantees it, um, if there's any loss, he has to make it up. If there's any gain, he keeps it. His, the losses are his, the gains are his, because he's guaranteeing the $100,000 of value of these assets. That's called Nesli Sambazal. There's other assets that she might bring into the marriage that are not written into the Ksub at all. She just may have her own slaves, her own animals, her own fields, um, or she may acquire things subsequent to their marriage. She got Yerusha from some great uncle that passed away or whatever, and those assets come in, they weren't into the they weren't around at the time that they got married. Those are called Nisim Malug, those belong to her. They're called Malug because Malug means like to pluck, meaning he can use them while they're married, he's entitled to them, but he's not responsible for them. And any loss or gain is hers. It's hers. He takes a, he's just entitled to use them while they're married. That's one of the reasons why you write, when there's a divorce, you write the date into the divorce. A couple of reasons are brought down, but one of the ones because of snus, but one is because uh, you want to know when they when the divorce took place. Maybe he's, enti- he's entitled to eat the fruits, the uh, the uh, the uh, profits of her assets while they're married, whether it's Nusay Sun Barzo, whether they're written in Siva, or whether it's Nusay Malug. So there was a bumper crop. He might claim, oh, I just divorced you yesterday. But the truth is the divorce took place six months before the harvest and he's not entitled to it anymore. So that's, those are the ideas of Nesim Mutsu Now, now we've been talking about a Yavama or marriages of a Kohen to somebody he's not supposed to get married to. So this Mr. starts up as follows in the seventh parrot. Can a Kohen marry an Amman? No, we cannot. There's both the Mitzvah say to marry a virgin, a Pesula, and a losa say not to marry an almana. Also, can I get married? Is it a good marriage? Yes, we don't hold like a bekeeper that that uh, that Kedushin is not tovens by chayv and Kedushin is chal. She becomes a chalola. Chalola, she can't eat truma, nor can her children. The children of that union also are chalalim. They're not real kohanim. So, and now let's say she brought in that she brought in some slaves. They weren't written in the Ksuba or Avde Tzom Barzel or written into the Ksuba, meaning where he guarantees it. Avne Malug lo They can't eat Truma. The Gemara says, why not? After all, I mean, they, uh, you know, a regular case, if a, if a Basis Roll marries a Kohen and she has slaves, slaves are entitled to eat Truma because he acquires them. So we'll see why. So they are not allowed to eat Truma. But some bars where he's responsible for them. Remember, he's responsible for their for the value. If they decrease, he's got to make it up. If they increase, 
he gets to keep it. He's got to guarantee the $100,000, let's say the value of those slaves. Sabzimras are allowed to eat from it. We'll discuss this why. Now we just give the definition that I've already given. Means that he's not responsible for them. If they die or they decrease in value or they increase in value, it's her loss and her gain. Even though he has to feed them, if they're married, if the, the couple's married, he had, he's entitled to eat their the uh, produce thereof, the profits thereof, the increase thereof. He's entitled to it, and he has to feed the animals or feed the slaves. Obviously, we're talking about that they can't eat truma, even though he's high. Why? Because they're really hers and not his. Now, wait a minute. But in regular case of Basisrael, who marries a Kohen, even though they're hers too, he's not responsible for them there. They could eat truma. So here's going to be our discussion in the Gemara. She obviously cannot eat truma. Why? Because she's a halala. And Almona marries a Kohen Gadol's forbidden marriage. A Grusha Uchalutza marries a Kohen Hedyot. Forbidden marriage. She's a halala. Uchalutza is a halala. But it's a chalot she can't eat truma. But what about the slaves? So Tzom Barzal, yes, he's responsible for them, and therefore he's entitled. Therefore they they can eat uh, truma, and they're like his. They don't really belong to him, but he's responsible for them. Therefore, but if it's Tzom, if it's Malug, where he's not responsible, for them, they can't eat. But in a regular case of a basisrael, they could eat. It's only because of here it's a forbidden marriage. So we'll see why. That's what more is going to debate. Why can the avodim or nechsem Malug not bring it into the ksuba? He's not responsible for them. He just has to feed them. Why can he not give them truma in a case where he, it was a forbidden marriage, even though the marriage is chal? Now the Gemara just gives the definition. We said, since he guarantees it, uh, he's responsible if they decrease in value or they die, whatever. And if they increase, he gets to keep it. Since he's chayiv, he's responsible for them, responsible for the assets and the value thereof, he can give them truma. Basis roll in a regular case where it's not on monocoin, got a regular basis In a regular case, even though he's not responsible for the nechse, for the abde mulog, they can eat truma because Kenyan Caspo, as we see, even though they belong to her, the wife is also Kenyan Caspo, right? The coin acquires the wife and he, and he acquires uh, and, and the abadam belong to her. So just like they, she can eat, they can also eat over here. The, uh, the, she just like she can eat uh, truma if she's married to a coin as long as they're married, uh, or even if they're not married anymore. If she has a child from the coin, remember that's the rule. Zera If there's no children and she dies or divorced, she can't eat truma anymore. Right? Um, so in a regular case, her avodim can eat truma whether they're avdei mulug or avdei sambarzal. Well, the opposite is true also. A Bas Cohen can eat truma in her father's house, right? She's the daughter of a Cohen. She marries Israel, she can't eat truma anymore, right? And she had a bottom, let's say a Bas Cohen married Israel, and she had a bottom, whether they are written into the Kisabat Sambaz on Lug, can't eat truma because now she belongs to a Israel. And the Avadim also effectively belong to the Israel. That some Barzal really are like his, he's responsible for them, and the Avni Malug belong to her, and she can't eat truma anymore. If she if her husband dies or divorces her and there's no children, then she can go back to her father's house. However, in this case, even if she's a Bas Kohen, she becomes a Chalola now by marrying him. And therefore, she can never eat Truma again, period, forever and ever, whether she's a Bas Kohen or not. Right? She can't eat Truma from her husband because she's a Chalola. And if, let's say, her husband divorces her subsequently, Right? Oh, I didn't know that you can't marry. Uh, I, I, he's a Cohen. Didn't know he can't marry Grusha. Now he divorces her. 
she's still a halala and she can't go and eat shomer even if her father was a kohen. But she gets, she gets yeah, if he divorces her, um, she would get the ksuba. So that's what we're going to we're discuss it. Does she get the ksuba where it was a forbidden marriage? So again, if it's a, if it's a, the oraisa, if ksuba is the oraisa, she's entitled to it. She's there's machlot to it. Ksuba is the oraisa. It could be it's dependent on that. In other words, the rabbanan could be invalidated the ksuba. She may not get a ksuba. Why? Because Rabbanan wanted to divorce her. The whole per- one of the purposes of the ksuba, if, if ksuba is Rabbanan, the reason why the rabbis entered ksuba, so he should think twice before divorcing her. Here, the rabbis wanted to divorce, so she forfeits her ksuba. You understand? Because even though the marriage is marriage, she needs to get, but she wouldn't necessarily get the ksuba. That's how we're going to, we'll discuss more of that later on. It says more of Abdi Muluk, why can't the Abdi Muluk eat truma? Am I? After all, he owns her, right? The Kohen acquired this woman, and she owns the animals. Amai Lavi Kinyana, why isn't it like his Kinyan Shakana Kinyan? Why isn't it like his Kinyan acquired another Kinyan? What do we mean by that? As we'll see in a minute. If a Kohen acquires an, an Evid, and then Evid, he says, okay, keep this money for yourself and it doesn't belong to me. You could use it. And then Evid buys another Evid, they can all eat Truma. So why couldn't the overall also, when he marries this woman, even though he's not supposed to, and she's a Halala, no question she can't eat Truma herself. She's a Halala. But she is his acquisition. And when she has other Avadim, that she's acquired, or her family's acquired, her father gave it to her, whatever. They should also be able to eat truma. It's like a, a, his Kenyan, his Kenyan that acquired another Kenyan. How do we know if I'm going married a woman? And he acquired a How do we know that he can eat truma? We had this person last week's If a coin buys a soul, Kenyan Kaspo, those words Kenyan Kaspo are extras. So we're going to dash them in a minute. You can eat truma. So how do we know if the wife of the coin, if she bought the avadim, right? Or her slaves bought other slaves, they could all eat shechem truma shenemar. The coin kiyik in the nefesh kinyan kaspo. Rashi explains that the words kinyan kaspo are extra. The kinyan kaspo kroyaseir v'dashinu lochi also. Lochi mashma says Rashi. Coin kiyik ne kinyan. If he acquires a coin kiyik ne kinyan kaspo. If his kinyan kaspo. Acquires another nefesh. Shavado yikneved, right? Shavado yikneved. Who yochalbo? So again, the question over here is: the coin acquired the wife, and the wife acquired the avodim. So they should be able to eat. They're not halalim. You come a halal through a forbidden sexual. You don't become a halal by being an evid. Evid's not a halal. He's an evid anyway. He's not. He can't be a halal. He says or anyway. But if he's acquired by a coin, he can eat truma. So over here, whether he acquired, he's acquired to the coin or the coin's asset, his wife, who's his Kenyan, is his, his acquisition, buys a, an Ebed, she should be able to eat also. So the question over here is, we understand the woman is a halala because she's not supposed to be married to this coin. But why can't her Ebed eat Eat truma. Uh, Remember, again, if she's a regular basis royal, she's not an almana or a grusha, and she marries a kohen or kohen gadol, whatever, and it was a it was a permissible marriage, right? So her slaves, even though they're nisimuluk, they're not written into the but they belong to her. He's not responsible for them at all. They could still eat truma. So why over here not? The answer says Gemara. So we have three answers. Only a person who can eat themselves can give the right to eat to somebody else. Since she cannot eat herself, because she's a halala, she can't give the right to her assets, to her avodim. Kala ocha, whoever can eat themselves, machil can cause others, can confer the rights of eating to somebody else. Kosha ocha, can eat eno machil. So is that really the case? Very oral. 
What about a, person, a Kohen who's an Oral? Oral who's un, a Kohen was uncircumcised. For whatever reason, his brothers died, whatever. He wasn't circumcised. Okay, he's a Kohen, but he can't eat truma. It's just Kavri Oral. Or other people who are Tomei. person with Kohen's Tomei can't eat truma. They can still give to their slaves. An Oral can't give, have a, can't give circumcised because of medical reasons. He's in a medic, he has a medical exemption, but he's still an Oral. And if he had slaves, they can eat truma. I so. Oh, that's we're going to see that then in the next parak. Oral uh, is the next parak, but that's the case. It's from the Chumash, you know. We see that. Okay, so an Oral he can't eat himself, but he, he owns slaves. So, so just what do you say? If he can eat himself, he can get, he can confer the rights of eating truma onto onto somebody else. He, if he can't eat himself, he can't. But an Oral can confer rights even though he can't eat. Or a person who's tummy. Cohen happens to be temporarily tummy. While he's tummy, his, his slaves can't eat. Of course, they can. Since it's only temporary, it's like they have a, a wound in their mouth, like their mouth hurts, meaning it's just temporary because if he gets circumcised or the or the person whose tummy goes to the mikvah and purifies himself, then he can eat. So it's only like a temporary uh, thing. But over here, that's temp- temporary. But over here, the woman, the wife, the almana, or let's say the grusha marries the kohen, she's a halala permanently, even if they just had bia one time and he married her one time and, and they had bia and they divorced her afterwards, she can have each room again. Okay, what about a very mamzer What about a mamzer who can't eat himself? Why? Because he's not a coin. A mamzer can't be a coin. So Rashi gives the example of, let's say, a uh, a woman was married to a coin, and um, and she was able to eat, right? And she had a daughter. Okay, she had a daughter. Now the husband died. The coin died. Her husband died, but she's allowed to eat truma because of her daughter. Her daughter married a mamzer and had a son who's a mamzer. Now the daughter died. The grandmother who was originally married to the Kohen can eat truma because of her grandson who's a mamzer. Whether he's a mamzer or not, she could eat truma. She had a grandson from that came from her husband who was a Kohen. Kohen's dead, this, her daughter's dead, but she can eat because of the grandson. But a mamzer can't eat, why? Because even if he's Israel, he can't eat either, Rashi points out. But the case was brought down by mamzer. So mamzer can't eat, and he, mach, and he causes the grandmother to eat, right? He can't eat himself. Remember, the child of a, a coin, or the grandchild of a coin, can cause the mother to eat, even though they can't eat themselves, right? Even if they're not, even they're not a daughter of a coin, right? In this case, he's a mamzer. So, so here you see that just the ability that you have to eat, that you can eat, cause it confers the right to others. And if you can't eat, you can't confer the right. Here you see, even though you can't eat yourself, this grandson who's a, who's a mamzer cannot eat. True, he's not a coin, but he can confer the rights of eating on the grandmother. We're talking about somebody that you acquired. Here, he can hear the reason that the mamzer is able to give his grandmother to eat. I mean, he confers the right. He's not giving her the truma, is because by birth, he's a, he's a child or a grandchild of the Kohen. But here, we're, we're talking about uh, something that you acquire by acquisition, like a wife that he acquired. He acquired this grusha. Uh, so since she can't eat, she can't cause her. So we're talking about if you, in other words, if you acquired a, a slave, a coin acquired a slave, and the slave bought another slave, he can confer the right since the slave can eat, and he's an acquisition. Uh, a, an acquisition that can eat can cause others to eat. An acquisition that cannot eat cannot cause others to eat. And it's no question from Mamzer, because Mamzer is not an acquisition, he's, a, he's an offspring. And uh, that's, that's the first answer. So the question is, why can't? The nifse malug, the avde malug of the grusha married a kohen. Why can't that evet eat? He is an acquisition of the kohen. He is an acquisition. The answer is, is because he's eating because of the wife 
and the wife is a halal and she can't eat, and therefore she can't give others to eat. Rabbah says a different answer. You're right, Minatora, the slaves in the Abdi Maluk of the of this uh, Grusha, uh, could eat. Rabbana made exer. Rabbana the Gosmu Kadesha Tomasha. She should be able to say, listen, what did the Rabbana want? I mentioned to you before when yes about the Ksuba, that she doesn't get the Ksuba. Why? Because the Rabbana wanted her to get divorced, right? When a coin marries a Grusha, we don't want to encourage him to stay married, which is what a Ksuba would do, right? To stay encourage them to stay married because he thinks twice before divorcing because he's gonna have to pay the Ksuba. We want it, we want to encourage him to divorce. So this will also encourage her to divorce. Why? Because Menexer says that she should say, listen, I need any ocha. I can't eat because I'm a halala. I'm a gushu married to Cohen. Obviously, my slaves are not eating because the rabbi said don't eat. Zoni yet slow. She's zoni, meaning she does, she's a forbidden marriage him. Therefore, he'll, he'll, it'll encourage him to divorce her. In other words, the first answer was what? That any acquisition that cannot eat, like the Cohen's wife, cannot cause her slaves to eat. That's why the Echsimog can't eat. The second answer is really the Avde Malog could eat, even though. Even though they're the sla- even though they're the slaves of this woman who's now a halala, Torah should get it because uh, they have the acquisition. The coin owns the wife, and the wife owns the avadim, uh, so you could eat. Except we want to encourage them to get divorced, so she might say, "Look, I can't eat. My slaves can't eat. I really don't belong over here." And maybe they'll get divorced. Ravashi says a third reason why the avadim cannot eat. Ravashi, I'm We're afraid of this. This is fine while she's married to the coin. Right, that could eat. In other words, it's also xaver. It's all they could eat. But we're afraid maybe after the husband dies, she'll still give truma to the Muslim, and then she won't be able to because she's a halala. So that's the case also. A basisrol is married to a coin who can normally eat, she can eat truma. She also shouldn't give her slaves. Why? Because after the husband dies, she's and if there's no children, she's not entitled to give truma to the to the slaves. So why don't you say there also that her slaves shouldn't eat truma? And we don't say that. Elmer Rashi, a different reason. We're speaking about here that we're talking about Almana. This Almana marries, let's say, a Kohen Gadol, not supposed to be married. She herself was a Khanis. She was the daughter of a Kohen. The Asi Larui, because she will come to be Moraheta. She'll come to, to, to find the permissibility for her slaves to eat even after the husband dies or divorces her. Why? That's what she'll say. Originally, my slaves ate in my father's house. I'm a Baskoin. Originally, my slaves could eat when I was at home with my father, right? In Sibele, when I married this guy, this coin, uh, I married this guy, Now they're eating the, the if we would allow the Nechsimulug of the Amana married to a coin girl to eat Shuma, she'll say, listen, before when I before I was married, my slaves ate my father's Shuma. I'm a Baskoin. When I got married to this coin over here, to the coin girl, they're eating because uh, they're eating from my husband's uh, truma. The hasha, the hadri, now that my husband's divorced or died, uh, I'll go back. I'll go back and eat my father's house. She won't know to me, Originally, she wasn't a chalot. When she was in her father's house, she can give her slaves because she wasn't a chalot. She was a baskoin. Hasha should be snafshachalola. But now, once she married the coin gadol, Against a pro- pro- prohibitively, she wasn't supposed to, and she married him anyway. She's a halala, and she can't give now. She can't give her slaves to eat, even though her husband died. She went back to her father's house. She's a halala. She can't eat anymore. So we're afraid that she's going to be moraheta, and therefore we say when she marries a coin gadol or a grusha marrying a coin, cannot the mesmul cannot eat at all. This is more tenach amonas coin. That's only if the amona is a kohanis, right? Amona bas yisrael michael amonas She didn't eat truma before, right? She was a bas yisrael. So she didn't give her slaves to eat before. So what are you going to say there? 
this uh, this answer Ravash is giving is only if she's a Bas Kohen, so she'll say, oh, before I got married, they ate my father's house, Truma. Now, that, now they're eating my husband's house, if you would allow that. And now after the husband dies or divorced her, she's going to go back to her father's house and say, well, they, they ate before, they can eat now too. That's only by, and, and we, don't want the, we don't want her to say that. So we say that if someone can't eat even while they're married to the Kohen Gadol, even though Minatari could. But if she's a Bas Yisrael, there's no such argument. Once they say that Almona can't marry a coin, if Almona marries a coin, God, her her cannot eat truma because of this concern that she's going to go back. So we make a rule of all Almonas, that's the rule. So therefore, according to two answers, it's the Rabbanan. According to the first answer, even the Daraisa, that if an Almona marries a coin, God, or Grusha marries a coin, her slaves, her Abde Mulug, Cannot eat truma. If a woman, in when she got married, she brought in some appraised assets, appraised assets into the ksuba. Now, what does that mean? That means that he's responsible for them. If they increase, he can keep the increase. If they decrease, he's got to make it up. They're worth $100,000. He's got to make sure he's giving back the assets worth $100,000. But let's say when, uh, when he divorces her or he dies when she's dealing with the children, with his children, um, she says, I want the asset itself back. And he says, no, I'm only responsible for the $100,000. I'll give you the cash. So what is it, what, what's the deal here? She brought in some assets. She, yeah, she brought in a painting worth $100,000, let's say, okay? And, and, he, and he wrote it into the exhibit. That means he's responsible. If the painting got decreased in value because of the dollar, the shekel change or something like that, he's got to make up the difference, okay? If it's not, it was damaged or decreased in value, Put it into the ksuba. That means it was an appraised asset. It was appraised for $100,000. Now he, let's say, divorces her. So she says, I want the painting back. And he says, I'll give you the $100,000. It's worth, it's worth the same $100,000. It hasn't changed in value. Does he have to give back the asset or can he give the money? So we have machlok, is it, Mar? Two lines from the bottom of the page. Machnes is She brought in an appraised asset into the, into the marriage and wrote it into the ksuba. He's responsible for it. Okay, usually we're talking about land or slaves or uh, just give an example with a painting. He omeris Cleonitas, I want my I want my vessel back, I want my asset back, right? Who omer dumbness? No, I'm gonna, I'm responsible for the money. I'll give you the I'll give you the cash. Hadinami, who is the who, in, in whose judgment, uh, whose judgment do we favor? Hadinami. So the machlok is Omer, The claim is with her. She is the she has the valid claim, right? We favor her in the claim with her asset, right? And Ravami Amar Adinima, she could take the, let's say, the asset back, the land, the slaves, the painting, whatever. Ravami Amar Adinima, no, he's entitled. What's what's it based on? What's the machlokit based on? Rabbi Amar Adinima, Mishum Shvach Beisavia. This is in the this is the um, the increased asset of her father, right? It's an asset of her father. She's entitled to it. Shvach Beisavia, the increase, the increase of the uh, right, the increase in value of her own asset. It's hers. It's her asset. Right, so it's a paternal asset. Right. Since we it says on Marmar, like the master said, usually says that in the Gemara, it's like a Bryce, but it's really in the Mishnah. When we talked about written into the Ksuba, if it dies or decreases, he's responsible for it. And Mosir, he keeps the he's responsible for the hundred thousand dollars. If it increases, uh, he gets to keep that. If it decreases, he has to make up the hundred thousand dollars. Since he's responsible, they can eat the truma, right? And therefore, right, we said they can eat it. Therefore, it's like his. 
some of the gears over here that he actually says it's like it's like it's his, and therefore he can keep the asset and just return the money that he's responsible for. Amr Safra Mikhtani Hainshalo didn't say they belong to him. He's oh, just said he's responsible for him. He says, I, I'll guarantee the hundred thousand dollars. Put it into the Ksuba, I'll make sure you get a hundred thousand dollars of these assets that you bring back to that that you're putting in my care. I get to use it. I get if I if it makes money, I get to uh, put it on the stock market and increases, I get to keep the uh, profits after taxes. And uh, and if it decreases, I'll make it up. So since he's responsible for it, he just has to pay the money. But the question over here is, it didn't say it's his, it just said he's responsible for it, but it's not really his. So that, that's the argument against uh, against Ravan. Wait, if a coin is responsible for them, just because he's responsible for them, do you say that they get to eat, the, the uh, assets are able to eat Truma? But Tom, you learn what about this case? Yisrael should suffer part of me coin. A, a coin owned a, a, a cow and Yisrael rented it from him. Even though it's in the Israel's Rishus right now, he rented it. He can give it the vegetables or grains or legumes, whatever, of Truma, because it belongs to the coin. The opposite, coin should suffer from Israel. If you, if you, a coin who rented a cow from Israel, and he took him on a long trip, he's responsible. To, who's responsible to feed him? You got to feed him, right? You got to put gas in the car. You got to feed, you got to give the, uh, the animal to eat, right? You can't give him Truma. Even though what he's a coin can't give him from a why because the asset belongs to to the Israel. So even though the coin, even though the renter, the person who's renting it, the, the tenant or the person who's renting it, not the owner, is respo- is responsible for it. You don't go by the tenant. You go by just because you're responsible. It doesn't mean like you're the owner. It says, if you a renter is like a person who um, who's a shomer sacher, he's responsible for and for being a, a lost or stolen, a stolen or lost. But own said, but if it was an accident or the kirsha, if it got emaciated or benefchas, or if it got uh, decreased in value, uh, if it got decreased in value, is he responsible? In other words, a renter is not really responsible. Only responsible minimal, you know, loss or law. If you lost it or you were, uh, if it was it was lost or stolen, then you're responsible. You're not really totally responsible for it, like an asset, like a. They, like a shoel who's responsible for a- accidents or decrease in value. If you want to compare it to a case responsibility, I'll show you the safer there. There it says Yisrael Shisham Paramikon, a Yisrael who took an appraised asset and he guaranteed an appraised asset. He said, listen, I'm going to borrow your para and I guarantee I'll, I'll return the value of the para. If it's worth $100, I'll make sure you get the $100 back. Either the para will be worth that $100 or I'll make up the $100. Yisrael Shisham Paramikon, he can't give it to him a why because he's Israel. Once he's responsible for it, he's like the owner, then he can't give the animal truma. And the opposite of a coin should shun part of Israel. So you see that responsibility does is like ownership. When you're responsible for it, you're, so if a coin is totally responsible for an animal, even though it's not his, he can give it truma. And if Israel is totally responsible for an animal that belongs to a coin, he cannot give it truma because it's now in the rishus of the Israel. So therefore, that's not so just responsibility. Ravami says, since you're responsible for it, it's like yours, and therefore you can just the, the, the husband can just give back the value, and doesn't give back the, the painting itself. So what about this machlokas? Yosef Rav Rav Yosef Bishilai Perakid Rav Nachman. Rav and Yosef were sitting at the end of the shear of Rav Nachman, at the end of the shear. The Yasmin, they said the coming like this: Tanya Kavasar Rav Yehuda, Tanya Kavasar Ravami. In this Shiloh, whether he she put Nechsei Mulo Nechsei Tzom Barzal into the Ksuba, she brought land. 
slaves, cash, whatever, into the into the deal or painting, whatever, into the ksuba. And now she demands the item itself. We're not talking, there was no decrease or increase. She just demands the item itself. What's the halacha? Rav Yudah says she can, she can demand a dinima. And Ravami said, no, the din is with him. If he wants to give cash, he could just give back cash. So there's a brisa. So these two rabbis, Robin of Yosef, were sitting there. They said, you know, there's a brisa that um, <coughs> supports each opinion. Tanya Kabasar Rabbi Yudah, Tanya Kabasar Ravami. Tanya Kabasar Ravami, approved to Ravami that what? That, the, that, he can keep, that he can just give her cash. Let's say she brought in Avadim, who were talking about, wrote it into the Ksuba. And the master, if you know you knocked out a tooth or an eye, he goes out free of a Kanani. So Yosef Shemayim Le'ish, only if he knocked out the tooth, Avalodisha, even though they were hers, she brought him into the Ksuba. But since he's responsible for him, he's like the owner. Oh, that shows that he's responsible. He's like the owner and he can get back cash. He can say, I own the asset. I'm giving you back cash. I'm responsible for the value. Tiny question, we proof to Rabbi Yudah. She brought in an appraised asset to her husband in the Ksuba. He can't sell it. He can't sell it because if they get divorced, she can demand the item back. He can't sell it. Let's say in addition to the assets that she brought into the marriage, that they wrote into the Ksuba and he guaranteed it, he also guaranteed her more. And said, not only that, I'm going to give you my car also. He wrote that into the Ksuba. You'll get the pink Cadillac with the white walls. Uh, if we get divorced, I'm going to give you that, right? Even he loved that. Also, you can't sell him Rasa Balimkor, Lo Yimkor. Why? Because they're Meshubah to her. She's entitled and she can get the item back. Machushem, let's say either one of them sold it to the Parnassa. They needed, they, there was no food in the house. He could take it back afterwards because they had no right to sell the item itself. The item belongs, is Meshubah to the Herksuba. So you see over here that the item itself is responsible. You can't get rid of the item. You can't just say, I'll sell it and make up the cash, guarantee it. You see that it belongs to her. She's entitled to the item back intact. And if there was any loss in value or decrease, he'd have to make up the difference in cash, but the item she's entitled to. So he says, that she's entitled to the asset back. We had a price like Ramami, the first price like Ramami was Shane Bayes, like Ramami, that he's entitled to keep the asset and just pay her for it. Even though there's a price like him, Ramami, Ramami's logic is more because the fact is this is an asset. It's, it's the, it's, it's, this is an asset. It's a paternal asset. She brought it into the, into the, uh, into the marriage. They brought it into the Ksub and he guaranteed it. He guaranteed it, but the asset really is, is hers. It came from her father's house. A story. A woman brought into the marriage a very fancy a woolen, a fine woolen robe. They put it into the ksuba. He died. He died. Now, he died. She should get back the asset, right? The Yisomim took it. They spread it over the dead body. It was like a shroud, right? Like tachrichim, put over there. The rule is that, um, like, uh, like Mace Konis Makomo, if you bury him, he acquires the spot, he acquires any. Those are, those are also, that, Megla Rufa, that, uh, that a mess is also And whatever the mess has, it's his. It's, it's the mess, it belongs to the mess. He can't take it away. That's his name, Brad Rabbi Yosef, Brad Rava, the Ravkan of Omar Rava, but Rava said, that the asset belongs to her. So she brought this asset into the marriage. She brought it into the ksuba. He's responsible for it. And now the Yisomim used it as a shroud. So what do you say there? 
How could, how, why, why do you, you say? And he said that he's Kona. Rabbi says he's Kona. How does that, how does, when Rabbi says he's Kona, how does that jive with Rabbi said in Rabbi Nachman that what? That Allah um, is like Rabbi Yudah, that she gets she the asset the back. back. How did you get the item back? I'm Rabbi Nachman, Allah Rabbi Yudah. If it's here and it's available, yes, she gets it back, but it's still got to be collected. And since it's got to be collected, it means right now it's not in there, Rishus. Even the Mechus, since it's lacking collection because it's now with the mess, Rishus it's like it's in his Rishus. And therefore, and Rabbi Tamei, Dama Rabbi Hekish Chametz, Veshech Ramafkim Even though this asset, the painting, call it, the slave, whatever, is Meshubah to the wife's Suba, he has to return it. But if you're maktish something, you gave it to Hegdish. If the husband, while the husband had it maktish, or it was chametz, let's say it was chametz that the, the uh, a guy lent him some money and he gave chametz as his, as his uh, collateral. And he didn't give it to the guy himself. And it wasn't in the guy, it wasn't in East Jerusalem. He had it in his house, in the, in the Jew's house. So since it's Asr from six hours uh, on, on uh, Arab Pasach, it's Asr takes away the Shibud. And it's not like Meshubah or Shikhr. Let's say you say, um, I'm going to give my slave, give me a thousand dollars and I'll, I'll use my slave as collateral. Then I freed the slave. Collateral is gone. They take away from the Sheba. So here too, this is like being Maktashim. When you use it as a shroud, put it on the mess, it's like being Maktashim. You can't have enough of it anymore. And that takes away. Yes, Rabuta is right. We possibly have Rabuta that she gets back the asset. But over here, the asset has already been taken away, so to speak, by the Hegdish, just like Hegdish comes in from Afghanistan. Yeah, let's. Destroyed, if the bow destroys the asset. So it's not here anymore. You're right. Same thing. If he destroyed it, what are you going to do? He yeah, just has to pay for it. He's still responsible for the value. Yeah, because that was written in the Ksuvah. She might sue him for other damages too, for, you know, if he did it on purpose, you know, for. Uh, lawyers are going to be. Yeah, lawyers are making Let's say she brought. Two paintings. I use the example of uh, paintings uh, just as an example. She brought two paintings into the into the marriage and wrote it into the ksuba. Bell of Sus. Each one was worth five hundred dollars. Let's say total of a thousand dollars. He guarantees the value of these two paintings of a thousand dollars. The shavu and they increased in value. You know things went up. The umblashnel fine. And now that's worth two thousand, right? So what happens now? She gets the asset back, right? One she gets back for the ksuba. Right, that's written in Xuba. And the second one, I mean, they're worth two thousand dollars. So, we, when we're talking about, we said if it's a, if it maintains the same value, she just wants the asset back. The asset increased in value. He's entitled to the increase. So, how does that work? So, one one painting is worth. Let's say now each painting is worth a thousand dollars. So it's total of two thousand dollars. So one she takes back for the Xuba, which is a thousand dollars. And one, if she wants the other one back, she has to pay him the thousand dollars. Because he because he's entitled to the increase. She pays for it and she takes it It's the increase of value is, is, is hers. In other words, what are we saying over here? Uh, um, he, it's We know that she gets the assets back if she wants, right? That's we just said. The shvach belongs to her. Right, already said that she's entitled to the asset back. Maud is saying, "I think That's if they, if they were, they, they were worth exactly the asset was worth exactly what they wrote into the ksuba. She gave two paintings worth a thousand dollars, and they're still worth a thousand dollars, so she can get the paintings back. The husband wants to keep the paintings, give her the thousand dollars. She says, "No, I want the paintings." She's now there. I will make them dummy Mishka low, but to to be able to pay extra money because 
Now the paintings are worth, they're each worth double, right? They were each worth 500 before, now they're worth 1,000. So I might say, fine, if they were worth the original 1,000, she can get the paintings back. But now each one's worth $1,000. He's only responsible to give her back assets worth $1,000, not $2,000. So you might think that he doesn't have to give back the second painting of a mate and dumb Mishka low. You might say, yeah, that we were saying, even against his will, he says, listen, now it's worth $2,000. I'll give you back one painting. That's what you gave. You gave me two paintings worth $1,000. I'm giving you back one painting worth $1,000. You're entitled to that one. But the second one I get to keep, I get to keep the increase. No, it's just that if she wants to keep the asset, she can even pay the difference that it's worth now the extra thousand and get back both paintings. That's the halacha. All right, we'll pick it up from the mission tomorrow. Have a good day, everybody. So to both.